This episode of Converge with my guest, Cole Cresilius, is sponsored by Fastermind Coaching. Fastermind is your personal trainer for you and your business, getting the kind of real-world results you've been looking for at a price any entrepreneur can afford. For more information, check out fastermindcoaching.com. Converge is my chance to connect with creatives who make really interesting things, and when they can, profit from those things, often in ways that might surprise you. My background as a photographer and author gets me in conversations with visual storytellers and writers, but also musicians, actors, business and thought leaders, basically people who work very hard, not just to make a buck, but also to make a point. The invitation is to understand a little more of the context that surrounds their work, and hopefully discover a fresh perspective that might inspire something new around the value you're making in the world. One of my favorite things about the age we live in right now is the amount of entrepreneurs and the businesses that they run that are committed specifically to the common good, where they're not just out for their own profit, but they're out to make real value for themselves, but also for others, whether they're pure nonprofit, pure for-profit, some hybrid where they're not just for profit, but there's so many great companies out there. Well, our guest today is the co-founder and CEO of one such company, one that's gotten a lot of really interesting press. They're called Crochet Kids, and they're based here in Southern California. And our guest today is Cole Cresselius. And Cole is a unique fella. He, he has visions for way bigger than just helping the folks that are on the receiving end of his nonprofit. Uh, and it's also more than providing a, a remarkable lifestyle brand and company and set of apparel products. He has bigger visions in store. And as you're listening today, my invitation for you is to think about the things that you're creating and ask yourself the deeper question. If you were hitting a home run as Cole is, and if you were able to have access to some of the most significant influencers and players around the planet, what would you do next? Where would you go from there? I think if you are honest with that question, it might stretch and expand your perspective. And I know you'll be inspired at the end of this conversation. My hope has always been to be growing a brand that is creating a relevant conversation within popular culture. I'm your host, Dane Sanders, and I want to welcome you to Converge. Cole Cresilius, welcome to Converge. Hi, Dane. Thanks for having me today. I am so glad that you're here. You run a little company called Crochet Kids here in Southern California, which is where you and I live. I don't know a human that doesn't know about Crochet Kids. And now increasingly all around the world, literally, uh, there's folks uh, in for foreign countries and continents that are benefiting from your work. And there are people who are buying your merchandise and wearing it regularly, and they have no clue what they're wearing, the benefit that it's providing other people. So talk a little bit about what is Crochet Kids to you now that you've um, and then we'll, we'll backtrack our way into kind of how you got here. But um, what is this project that you're in the middle of? Absolutely. Well, where we sit right now is eight years into a vision that was started by a few friends and I, those friends dating back to high school or one of them even to preschool. We grew up together in, in Spokane, Washington. And the, the short version of our backstory was that in high school, we learned how to crochet had a small headwear company called the Crochet Kids. In college, we traveled the world and were fortunate to volunteer in different places. 
And what we learned through those experiences were that people wanted opportunities to take care of themselves and provide for their own future. And we knew a skill that would allow them to do that, to have a job. And so we trained women in Uganda initially how to crochet. And today we are a lifestyle apparel brand that works in Uganda and Peru. And our mission is to empower people to rise above poverty. And we do that through a multifaceted approach to providing jobs, education, and mentorship to some of the most vulnerable people and communities around the globe. And I can go buy Crochet Kids at Nordstrom. You may, yeah. <laughs> at Nordstrom, um, there's, a, there's a whole slew of retailers at this point that have the product in varying degrees and at different stores. You'll find products online at Anthropology and Free People. Uh, there, there are a lot of retailers that They've latched onto the story uh, as well as the product. The product is something that's really speaking to them as well. So, so just so I'm dissecting as we walk through this, the product itself stands on its own. It's really high quality. Uh, it's the kind of thing that you could find in an anthropology or find in Nordstrom, and people would just go, "Yeah, this is this stylish. It's hip. It's in line with culture, and it's having a, a broader impact. And, the, and it's that that broader impact and also depth of impact." that it seems like you guys care care almost like that's the main point, whereas in a lot of companies, the apparel is the main point. Exactly. But really where, where you started is, is where we started as well with the product. Because when you're, in, you're, when you're walking through a retail store, you unfortunately don't have an opportunity to learn the backstory on every single brand that's, that's in that store, you are shopping clothing that you think you'd like. And, and we knew that if we truly wanted to create the greatest impact possible, we had to start by creating the greatest product that we possibly could, because that's what speaks to us as, as consumers. And that's really what serves as the gateway for us to, to tell that deeper story. Uh, we had to start with product that people would love and love to wear and want to learn more about. And so that's where we are today, sitting with some really great product and, and a story of impact that is truly incredible. So, so can I, I'm connecting the dots a little bit to this because, because you personally are motivated by this depth and breadth of impact on, on these uh, women in foreign lands. Uh, again, you talked about Uganda and Peru and other places. This, uh, what I'm hearing underneath what you're saying is like, if I, if you really care about these people that you're trying to make a difference for, then you have to care doubly as much for the product <laughs> because to the degree that that lands well in the marketplace, that's going to define the kind of impact or success rate that you can have in, in these people's lives. Absolutely. And that's exactly it. And that's where so many people in this day and age, so many nonprofits and people who want to start social businesses have it wrong is that they they lead with the story or they they lead with uh, the the impact that they want to create and maybe they're even doing a really good job at that but if you want to sustain that in the long term through an earned income revenue through product sales or elsewhere uh, you have to create a product that is going to stand on its own two feet in the marketplace or else you're truly creating a disservice to the people that you're trying to serve because that the product not being a sustainable revenue driver for your work 
will mean that you can't sustain the impact that you want to create on the ground. Well, let's, I love that on every level because there's so much chatter everywhere these days around narrative and story and, you know, mm. you know, uh, Joseph Campbell's, you know, hero's journey and, you know, everyone's trying to be like, like, and me too, like the stuff that I create, I, I, I care a lot about putting the customer in the hero position and, you know, being the guide to, to walk with them. But it seems right. like in all of that conversation, which is good stuff, uh, it just, you're, you're right. If it, if it lands in, in the wrong order or you haven't actually made a really cool, your thing doesn't really resonate. Even if the story is really compelling, they not only will they not come back for more, but they probably won't tell their friends about it in the same way. But, but it's like, you're giving them a golden ticket. If you get the first part, the, the first things, right. Absolutely. And that's why I always say with our work, we've been around eight years and I would say the last, the, the initial five to six years, all of that, all of our time and energy was spent on ensuring that we could create really great product and that we had great social impact on the ground. Those were those were the building blocks for our work. And we're in a really exciting place now where we do feel like we have both of those pieces in place where the product that's coming back um, is not only has grown, it's, it's headwear where we started, but it's also apparel and bags and other things. And then it also... Uh, we know 100% that the impact we're creating on the ground is truly taking place in the best way possible. And we're monitoring and evaluating and measuring that impact towards measurable results. And that's been really exciting to see. So only more recently has our, has our, the true you know, focus of, of more and more people's time here and how we've hired people has that shifted towards the sales and marketing side, which again, is probably something where, where people step into um, backward. So so let's talk a little bit about that, the impact piece. Uh, I know on the ground, uh, you have several hundred people employed uh, in four nations. You also have significant partners that, that you're trying to impact here in d- domestically, like I think of Vans and Vesco and Volcom and some of those folks. Um, significant sales and significant growth in your sales. And, and because you're a nonprofit, which I'm sure everyone understands, you also are getting a, a kind of a, an army of supporters. But the piece that I'm most impressed with is the, the metric of, again, you said social impact. And I, that sounds right. Talk a little bit about uh, performance indicators. We talked a little bit of this over coffee, but I'd love for you to, to share a little bit of your kind of architectural plans on what success looks like for you. And, and to get as concrete as we can about what you're measuring. Yeah, absolutely. So we are really fortunate uh, from the foundation of our work to have somebody focused exclusively on our social impact. And there's a good friend of mine from college who studied cultural anthropology. And thanks to advisors and mentors of his, helped us to frame a theory of change uh, a way that we can not only say we're creating impact, but put the structure in place to ensure that it's happening. And what that looks like pretty plain and and simply is that if we have our mission statement, which is to empower people to rise above poverty, the next step is just saying, well, how do you go about that? And what ways do people need to be empowered? And so from there, we've identified six different areas of somebody's life that 
we need to focus on in order that they may be holistically cared for. So everything from their economics to the, the social side of their of their existence to the intellectual and the, the education that they're receiving. And they need to be receiving all of these things. And so then we take those, those main buckets and we break them down into key performance indicators. So if somebody is going to be economically empowered, what are the, what are the key indicators we need to understand about their progress that we can ensure that they truly are being economically empowered? And there, there are a number of indicators under there, some of those being the income that they're earning through the work that, that we provide. Uh, the amount of supplementary income that they're earning through work that they're starting outside of our programs, um, the number of other people that they're employing in those endeavors are just a few examples of some of the indicators we're measuring on a monthly basis per individual in our program. And so it's really then that as we take all this data in a consistent way, uh, that we're able to take it all and map it through data visualization and watch somebody's progress out of poverty. And that's where it gets really exciting is that you can see this progress that somebody's making. It's not just anecdotal stories of, oh, well, they they started a business, so now their life is is good. It's saying, no, how well is that business doing? And uh, how many other community members is it impacting? And so there's there's a lot that we've chosen to focus on in order to truly prove that what we say we do, we are actually accomplishing. Hmm. So, so internally, that's got to be hugely gratifying, but I'm also guessing that for your stakeholders, like it's the consumer stakeholder, right? Like that they might read part of the narrative and, and might have a passive interest in the story or just a little feel good experience or whatever, or they might go a little deeper and, and really want to, maybe they're skeptical. Maybe they're like, okay, here's another mm-hmm. profit. And, you know, right. It's kind of social proof of what's really going on, but you also have like you have board members, you have donors, you have uh, the people that are that are kind of littered with opportunity to do good around the world these days. And you're competing in that space. How important are these kind of visual, the data visualization thing you talked about, or these these KPIs, or um, all all your efforts to make sure that you're doing the kind of work you're committed to and having something to point to to say, yeah, look, there it is right there. How important, mm-hmm. is, how important is that for your stakeholders? Yeah, it is because I will say that it's becoming increasingly important. I would say that, you know, initially it really was about our internal uh, desire to really do what we say we're doing and be able to prove and measure that from our standpoint and for our integrity of our brand and, and for our work on the ground. And at the end of the day, there's a, there's the consumer who is starting to become more educated, but maybe doesn't, doesn't, uh, have the time or attention span to go through the full depth of the programs that, that we provide. But there is that, that element of just saying, Hey, I, I know that you guys care about this and that you're measuring a lot of things and that's great. And I put my stamp of approval behind it with my purchase. Uh, but more and more when it comes to those st- those key stakeholders around our donors, um, our board members, as well as just the larger philanthropic community, there is a lot of, of talk around data measurement and visualization and we're doing that at a level that's really starting to catch the eye of 
of people in some exciting ways. And it's, it's really validating for us because we had really done it more for internal purposes for so long to now see that that is something that other people are getting excited about. And whether it's cynicism or skepticism or whatever's driving them to that point within the nonprofit sector, uh, it's something that needs that not only needs to be proven from an impact standpoint, but can be proven. And we're excited to be completely transparent across all those categories and say, hey, we not we're not only telling you that we're creating great social impact, we're able to show you. And that just gives us further confidence in our work. And I hope further confidence in other people as they look toward our work as well. When you first started this this conversation, uh, you know, eight years ago, and really before that, uh, and started developing an appetite to for these kinds of things and started dreaming dreams, uh, do you have any idea it would get to this point? That's a great question. Um, yeah, my response is that I I definitely did, and I think that we are still just starting. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. we we're a group that does dream really big. And I, I would have hoped it would have at least gotten this far. And my hope is that it goes a lot, lot further. And there's plenty, plenty of work to be done and plenty to learn as we continue to take steps forward. But yeah, my hope is, has always been to be growing a brand that is creating a relevant conversation within popular culture and not just be siloed to only the nonprofit side or only the branded apparel side. And I think that we've done a pretty good job up to, of that up to this point. Mm-hmm. So can, are you able to, uh, to paint a picture of a future? Like, again, you're, I, I can't overstate for folks who are at home and they're thinking maybe they're in a nonprofit or they're in some organization. This conversation can be a little intimidating. It's like, but you're basically saying, look, you're almost a decade in, uh, you're bringing in um, significant revenue, uh, significant partners, significant distribution, significant donations. You're having massive, broad, and deep social impact, and you're saying you're just getting started. There's other folks who hear this and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we just want yeah. to help a couple people out." And 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 I, so I guess I want to talk about two sides of this equation. One, um, where are you going with this thing? Like, like what what can you do with apparel and lifestyle brand that could could have a more impact than where you're already at. Cause it's pretty impressive. But then mm-hmm. also for the folks that are at home and they're like, man, I'll never get there. Or they're discouraged or, or they're actually hearing this great news and they're cheering you on with scissor kicks. But at home they're like, ah, oh, I got to find my way. How can I find my way if I don't have that massive vision or, uh, or, or access to resources perhaps. Uh, so I guess I want to talk to both directions. One, where's the dream going? And then two, how do you encourage folks who want to make a difference, but they don't know where to go first? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so on that first point, where where does this go? Where where do we go from here? I think that when we think about how we have dialed some of our things in, that we do have great product, we are delivering it on time, we are creating that social impact, it then starts to really ask that question, well, what is next? What? How can we leverage these core competencies that, that we've been learning uh, in even further ways? And one of the things that we're learning and we're we're really in process with this whole thinking right now is just around the idea that when it comes to our scale and impact that truly 
the Crochet Kids international brand really will only ever be so big. So even if we were even if we were 10 times the size of of what we are now, we would still only be impacting a small fraction of people directly. So people on the ground that we that we serve and empower through our programs. And so we've really been challenging ourselves with the question of saying, well then what else is there? How else could we impact people? And the the two kind of exciting avenues and outlets that we're looking at right now are one that I already mentioned around the idea of how can we equip other businesses to measure and monitor and evaluate their social impact. So what if we could take this core learning and understanding of ours and and help equip others with that? Imagine the social impact that could be exponential as a result of people doing and measuring and effectively doing social impact versus just creating some CSR program for their company. Uh, but the second thing comes around our apparel production. So, uh, so we have built facilities in Uganda and Peru working with vulnerable populations with their and, and helping them gain skills that are great for our brand, but we also see the potential on how those could be used for really providing uh, dignity and purpose back into the global apparel manufacturing uh, industry. It's something that is obviously riddled with unfair practices and, and people more and more brands are looking for ways to produce things ethically. And we're kind of looking looking at ourselves in the mirror and saying, Hey, could, could that be us? Could we, could we leverage our understanding of, of apparel production? And could we start to let other people take part of the years of work that we've put into creating products? And could we even start to make products for other people? And that's where it gets crazy because the last stat I heard is that one in six people on planet Earth work in the global fashion industry at one level or another, from production to marketing to sales to design of that. Um, so what would it look like for us to start to shift thinking in that industry? And that starts becoming a very, very big dream. And it's scary and it's really exciting all at the same time. No kidding. That's an amazing number. One in six. Is that what you said? Yeah. I guess everyone has to wear clothes. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you think about, you know, everyone from a supplier of the 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 material, so a farmer who's raising um, crops or cattle or whatever that then is used for clothing, to the actual like production of those items, to fulfillment and shipping, like it, it's crazy. It's a massive, massive industry. Mm. So, so for the folks that that aren't eight years in, what do you, what do you say to them over coffee when they 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 have a good they have a good heart they really want to go somewhere but they just don't know where to start? And then I have one I have one last question for you at the end that's a kicker, but I want to know what you'd say to, <laughs> to to those folks. I would say really a couple of things. Start with what you know. You know, start with with the skills and the things that you're already passionate about and that you're already doing, because I think that too often people who want to make an impact or, or make a difference, they either, they either do something that they're not passionate about, but they think that it's helpful. 
when really, again, in the long term, it's only so sustainable if you're doing something that you're not truly passionate about. And then the other thing is that people often think they need to do something that or or use a tool or skill or something that they don't know already. And that can be problematic because, again, if you don't know how to do it, um, it's hard to to begin. <laughs> and with us as an example, we knew how to crochet. And so as odd and simple or or whatever verbiage you put around this pastime of crocheting, um, it was actually the thing that we leveraged in a different way, thought about it differently to create a really big impact initially. And, and we don't only crochet today. There's obviously so much more that we do, but it, but it started from the simplest form of, of something we knew and applied that to an area of the world, um, a community that we are passionate about serving and the results are what is happening today. All right. So last question. Um, and All right. It's another two-parter. Um, the first one is, and I'll, I'll tell you both parts. So I don't, I don't like bait and switch here, but um, <laughs> the, the first question is why in the world are you doing all this? Like what, what is driving you on a personal level? And then the second one is what do you wish other people were driven by? I mean, motivation is so slippery, right? Like so many people are motivated right. by a mix of things and, but you clearly are on task here. Um, and I, 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 I just got to like, you can't find that kind of chutzpah in people unless there's, there's a fire underneath them. So I'd love to know yeah. a little bit about your motivation and be as candid as you'd like. And then uh, second, um, uh, if people could calibrate their, like their motivations in, in a direction that you think would be most helpful for this planet we're all on, what might that be? Yeah. Yeah, so the the motivation piece is really twofold for me. Initially, and, and to this day, one of the main reasons why we started was that we believe that we're called to love other people. Um, faith has always been something that's important to me, and we've we've looked to Jesus as a model for what it means to truly love and care for other people. And it's pretty clear in the Bible that he says that there's more that we need to do than simply pray for people, that, that there are people in need and there are actual tangible ways we can help. And the example that he set uh, throughout the good book uh, was has always been a motivation for us. But secondly, Dan, I would say this is that I like, I don't know about you, but like I grew up kind of the small, the small kid. I had two older brothers. I always was like, fighting and scrapping and trying to Me too. to prove myself. Me too. And so the brother, same deal. Keep going. Yeah. And so what that has meant for us is that people haven't always understood or fully get what we do because it is, it is unique and it is different and it does have motivations beyond purely profit um, and beyond purely, you know, impact. It's, it has to be both a brand and it has to be, this nonprofit and social impact. And so with, with that, we are so convicted that what we are doing is, is powerful and is making a difference. And we've seen the change on the ground that I fight every day just to help innovate these sectors that we work in, to help the nonprofits rethink differently about the work that they're doing, as well as 
a, a for-profit company to rethink the impact that their product um, or the thing that they're producing has on the people who make it. And those types of things fire me up so much. So that's, that's the first part of the question is what motivates me. And what I wish motivated other people uh, truly is just, I wish others motivated others. <laughs> There's probably a better way to say that, but I wish that uh, when it came down to somebody building or creating something or wanting to gain some sort of stature, influence, or growth in their work, that they wouldn't let those things be the main drivers, that, that they would be able to take a more holistic approach to say, is the work that I'm doing also leaving this world and the people that are involved in it in a better way? Uh, and I think that there are really simple ways to do that. And I think that in different industries, it's, it's harder for other people. But I really, yeah, I think that if we were all motivated and thought about the person behind the product that we bought or, um, you know, the service that, that we use, that our world would look a lot different and those interactions would be a lot more rich. This was episode 056 of Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. GobyCollective.com is our new home for all things Converge. There you'll find past episodes as well as Go, the unconference creators looking to grow their business. Fastermind Coaching, business coaching every entrepreneur can afford, and much, much more. Want to join the collective? Check out GoBeCollective.com. Music today provided by TripleSkinMusic.com. Sound as good as you look. Thanks to Anna Quaza at AceCreative.co for her audio production. And a special thanks to Cole for being with us. Visit him or grab a hat over at CrochetKids.org. Finally, if you haven't shared an episode of Converge with a friend, would you? Think of one person right now who you think would benefit from my conversations with Seth Godin, Chris Gillibo, Ann Hanley, Ryan Holiday, and many, many others, and invite them to join in. You caring enough to do that sort of thing is a nod to us that we're doing something right, and like leaving those reviews of iTunes, yes, yes, we see you, thank you. It's a really big deal. Again, thank you. That's it for now. I'm Dave Sanders. I cannot wait until next time.